Hi, everyone, and welcome to Retail Recorded by Colliers. I'm your host, Angie Solanke, National Director for Retail in the U.S., and thank you again for joining us. So here we are. We're closing the year. It's almost the end of 2022. It is just fantastic to see, as well as very enlightening to see the changes that we're seeing in in a variety of our industries and sectors. So as you know, in our podcast, we really like to hear about what is going on today, but more importantly, what's going to occur in the next six to 12 months. I'm really fortunate to be joined today by Stephanie Rodriguez. She has joined the Collier's team nationally as our head of industrial for the U.S. She's been focused on the overall growth at Collier's industrial business just recently, but establishing her strength in industrial for over past 26 years and bringing that to the forefront, assisting our clients as an advisor, our brokers as a partner, and seeing where we're going in terms of the industry. So with that, welcome, Stephanie. Thank you, Angie. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Great. Well, we have a wonderful list of questions, and let's just just dive right into it. So look, we're all experts. We claim to be experts, but there has to be some core components and capabilities. There's one thing about understanding, learning about the business, and building that more partnership role, but what really drives you? That's a great question, and I would say... I have had a passion for this sector once I figured out that industrial touches everybody's lives. Uh, Supply chain is a fascinating thing. And really being able to work with our clients to make sure that they're getting the right supply chain solutions um, in their businesses that also feed into your sector, the retail sector. I mean, we're all consumers out there. So um, the fact that many of our clients' buildings are literally helping to funnel goods to retailers is, is just really an interesting thing. I love knowing where the things that I use um, every single day come from. And um, it, it's it's just an exciting industry to, to me. It might be a car, or a, a nice concrete box that we're working out of on the industrial side, but so much goes on inside those four walls. You know, that's really. I think that's really important for um, many of our listeners because, to your point, understanding that full journey from start to finish, which then refines itself and repeats itself is so important, especially in our industry. And I love what you just said, you know, um, you do think of industrialists as four concrete walls, but the innovation, the automation that is going on behind the scenes is really fascinating. It was just such a great um, opportunity to to hang out with you, to learn more when we were, you know, together at the industrial conference, the National Industrial Conference Colliers hosted just a few weeks back. And to hear insights that you shared and others, it was just from a client perspective was fascinating. Um, so with that, you know, 2020 and 2021, the industrial sector saw such growth, um, you know, as you know, as you just mentioned, it's highly connected to to uh, shopping, to consumer spend, etc. We were, of course, in our homes spending. Um, so there was a strong momentum uh, in terms of growth, new build, acquisition, expansion. Um, 
can you just share where do you see the next 12 months or even 24 months? And how does, you know, inflation and some of these macroeconomic issues um, potentially challenge the industrial industry or not? I think that there are a number of challenges that we're starting to see ripple through the industry already. Um, we had unprecedented growth, tremendous demand that was, you know, fueled by the pandemic, believe it or not. I mean, in March of 2020, we all went home and we thought we were going back to work in two weeks. That didn't happen. But Consumer spending shifted, which fueled a lot of that demand for distribution space throughout the country. Now we're in this very interesting time. Um, interest rates have gone up. Construction costs have increased dramatically. So that rapid growth on the development side is starting to subside. We're starting to see some more pause being put on new development. So while we're still seeing tremendous demand in the market, new supply coming into the market is starting to taper. And that's because it's harder to pencil out that numbers if those numbers if you're a developer. So land prices were at an all-time high. Construction costs were increasing. And, and now with interest rates going up, funding for construction projects is harder to get. Um, it, the, the debt side of the business is becoming a little more difficult to navigate. So I think we're going to see and already starting to see a slowdown in growth of new product coming onto the market. Um, so that kind of talks to the construction side a little bit. Um, I do, though, see that there is still demand for space in the markets and we're seeing all-time low vacancies in, in most markets across the U.S. Um, the Inland Empire in California is below 2%. Savannah is below 2%. So there still are users looking for space, and there is very little space to be found, which I think is really ultimately going to continue to drive some of the rental rates in these markets that still have need. Yeah, you know, it's it's fascinating. It's it's similar where what we see in retail, right? The demand and the supply and some of those key drivers and factors. And it just seems to be that markets that have the highest demand and, and the least amount of supply, at some point there there's going to be an emergence of a new market that has to be developed and or redeveloped to accommodate. So we're definitely going to keep an eye out on that. I know you are, and I'm sure we'll we'll hear more about this um, in the upcoming months uh, based on some of the reports that you'll be putting out. So share a little bit about your thoughts, um, you know, just regarding, you know, the the integration. You talked a little bit about, you know, retail and industrial or e-com integration. Uh, you mentioned supply chain, you know, that's always and continues to be uh, on, you know, in the forefront of conversations. But help me understand from a supply chain perspective, how are clients either getting more involved in the strategy and approach aspect of that? And, and how are we solving for that? Um, I think that most people are are really focused 
on being more strategic on their approach to real estate than they were in the past few years. They were almost drinking out of a fire hose. So as the need came up, they just went out and found anything that they could to fill that need. Now, consumer spending is in question, right? So folks are more focused on, okay, we need to be a little more methodical about this. How do we accomplish that? I think you have to really tap into resources who are experts in supply chain solutions. You need to look at labor availability. You need to look at your network optimization. How do we best serve our customers in the most efficient way? And I think that there is a very big science to that. You know, not to sound like an infomercial, but at Collier's, we do have experts on our team who that is all they do is they're here to help our clients through those evaluations and help them build their strategy as a partner so that they can make really good real estate decisions for their business. And I, I think that's really important to share, um, which is the, the strategy. Um, you know, these are not short term, low cost acquisitions um, or developments. And therefore, it does require those um, specialists and I think the approach is so important because you can't just walk in um, to your point and say, hey, I'm going to be the expert in all things. No, bring in those resources, as you mentioned, and bring in that team because that team approach is actually going to provide a variety of different options, points of views, um, and provide those options to the clients to then ultimately make a decision against. So um, I completely agree with you on that point. So where it goes then from here is we start to look at how, um, you know, <clears throat> the success of what you've seen thus far bringing in this team component and this portfolio optimization approach really then starts to see the success. Is there is there maybe, you know, without naming names, a a small success story or a success story that you might be able to share briefly? You know, I think I, I'm new to Collier. So I've been here all of one month. <laughs> and, uh, but I can tell you that we have a food distributor client that um, is handled with one of our broker professionals in the Midwest, but he works on this account nationally. And he has really pulled in all of those tools um, to help his client optimize their network and make sure that they're they're going to the right places that best suit their their growth needs and their existing client needs. So you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm at liberty to name a name, but um, I have seen that in process here at Collier's and it's a great success story because the client has, has been um, very happy with the service they're receiving because he has, the broker has pulled in all of those other professionals to, to assist the, the client in, in accomplishing their goals in their portfolio. That's great. I mean, um, it's it's to your point. It's it's bringing in the resources. It's not one size fits all, and providing that expertise and advisory. So, I love where this is going because it really flows nicely into my next question, which is, you know, when you when you look at leadership and leading and being inspired, there's so much that goes around it, and 
how do you really share that back with others? I know you're a great advocate for a variety of different charities. Um, you're a wonderful mentor, uh, especially to those very interested in different fields. Share a little bit about why that's important to you and, and why it's important to our, our industry as a whole. This is one of my passion topics. Uh, I started in commercial real estate right after college, and I had two degrees, one in political science and one in Russian, believe it or not. And I had no idea what I wanted to be when I grew up and found my way into a real estate office in Washington, D.C., and fell in love with this business because I worked with people who had a passion for it and it was contagious. And for me as a leader, I think it's really important. Number one, you have to love what you do because we spend way too many waking hours at work. So if you don't love what you do and you don't have that fire in your belly for what you do, everybody's going to notice. So I think setting that example and inspiring others it's just you living your own joy in what you do. I think practical day-to-day -day things, mentorship is huge in my life. I have made so many friends along my career journey by being a mentor and a mentee. I think no matter which side of the table you're on, you learn something, and that's a really valuable experience. I also think that giving back is such a key component to being a good leader. And whether that's in your community, something that you feel passionate about, whether it's within the real estate community where you work, giving back just, it brings me joy. And I think that anybody who has the chance to do that will find the same. And I just think that you're a better leader if you're really trying to, to give back, to be a mentor, to guide people on their journey through their careers and helping them find the passion in their own professional life. Yeah, I so agree with you. When we can really be humble with ourselves and share back, the joy you see in others is priceless. And uh, I agree with you 100%. I'm, I'm also a real big believer in giving back, back as much as possible. And doesn't mean to be, you know, giving back financially, it's giving back your time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that time uh, to others that who can learn and appreciate and where you can learn from them as well. I've had many moments of learning um, from others uh, from a mentor mentee perspective or learning from my mentee itself. So it's, it's definitely something everyone should pause and think about going forward. Uh, so I am going to now leave you with our final question of the day. And our final question is always a fun question. And so the fun question is, and I know you're on the industrial side, but there's a lot of retailers that play in that space. If you could be any retailer, which retailer would it be and why? Oh, I really struggle with this. Uh, I think, oh my goodness. If I answered it based on who takes most of my money, that might be one answer. But maybe the second most money grabber in my life would be Target. And 
I go in there for two things and I come out with a cart full, no less than $150 spent. Um, I think Target has appealed to the masses. You can find affordable items, but you can also go in there and feel you're, like you're treating yourself a little bit. And they really cover all of the different spaces. If you need cleaning supplies, it's there. If you need some current trendy clothing that's not going to fall apart in the washing machine, it's there. You know, gift cards and greeting cards, uh, holiday decorations, whatever you might need, it's there. You can always find something and heaven forbid you go down the end caps where they have the clearance items. You always end up with something you didn't need. So true. I just bought my parents a an outdoor candle to keep the mosquitoes away. So I agree with you on exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Target's been actually one of the top named retailers um, for our fun questions. So, so, but I agree with you on all the points you made. It's just you know you go in, you seem to be happy when you walk in, and you also are happy when you walk out. And you t- do tend to use the majority of the products. I I'm, I should research what their uh, per, what percentage of people or what percentage of items are returned um, per year. So that will be on my to do list. But ah. Stephanie, thank you, thank you. This was amazing. It was great to learn a little bit about you, your passions, your inspirational words, um, your just talent around industrial. Uh, and your forecasted expectations. This is very insightful, and we want to, you know, we want to say thank you for your time. So, with that, we will definitely be highlighting all these perspectives and um, how we continue to watch and manage the change we're seeing in the marketplace and in real estate. So, at Colliers, we're always focused on our clients, sharing knowledge about the industry on core topics, as you just heard. And we hope you enjoyed today's discussion. So please come back. We have one more month left in 2022 in December, and it's going to be a good one. So follow back, listen to Retail Recorded at Colliers, and we will chat with you soon.